Welcome to another Spin the Rally pod. I'm Brenton Kelly. Joining me today is Josie Rimmer and Jack Harrison. We are here talking about Southern Ohio Forest Rally. You know, we're sitting here in our hotel room after the finish. We've kind of wrapped up the night. Fairly late night, long day for us. Jack, tell us a little bit about your day. Uh, it's been a, a very busy day overall, uh, but uh, rally weekends always are busy, aren't they? Uh, started off early going down to Park Expose, and then I've been lucky enough to hang out in Rally HQ and uh, seeing the, the the goings on and the behind the scenes of what it looks like for the rally from the top down. So I feel like I've been reading the matrix with the amount of data I've been looking at for the last couple of days, but very, very exciting. Yeah, a lot going on. Like you said, it was a pretty long day. The rally was scheduled to end at six, but with the changes they made this morning for the two minute gaps, obviously lengthened out the rally quite a bit. A few hours later than everyone planned. Kind of a late night for most people. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think it was necessary, though. Uh, adding in the dust windows going into day two, uh, it, the start of the rally operated to the minute from the beginning to the end. There were no delays from the start to the end, but just adding those extra dust windows, they're saying that every minute they add to it increases the rally length by an hour to, to the end of the rally. Uh, so it was it was ultimately busy, but I think the toughest part with me being busy in the rally HQ was the proximity of the stages. Um, there's a point where there's multiple stages. I think almost five stages were hot at the same time as transits were so short that it was busy and long in the sense that well, that it was necessarily long hours, but so much was happening in such a short period of time. Yeah, like you said, it's a lot going on today. But Jack, you know, it's my first time at this rally, your first time at this rally. Josie, you've been here before. What year was that? Can you tell us about your experience here before? Yeah, so I came to Southern Ohio Forest Rally in 2021, <clears throat> excuse me, again with the media crew. Um, honestly, just to sort of get the feeling for how our team, our awesome team, um, runs runs alongside the rally. Um, but 2021 seems like it went down in the history books because I sort of thought that that was the standard. And talking to other competitors today, um, and even organizers, volunteers, they all have 2021 marked in their memory as the worst weather year for Southern Ohio. Um, you know, when I was here, it was 90 degrees, about 90% humidity. You could just feel the moisture in the air. Obviously, it made for very different driving experiences. Um, and that was an interesting point of something that we gathered today as well, is a lot of these drivers who have done this rally before either rely on or at least start from the notes that they've used in previous years. Um, and again, historically, this is a very humid rally. So this year, with it being so dry, very little moisture in the air, um, a lot of co-drivers were discussing the fact that their notes from previous years actually were fairly useless this time around. Yeah, you know, dust was certainly a big factor this weekend. Uh, the morning started of day two, and everyone was complaining about dust. That's all they were talking about was dust, dust, dust. Quite a bit of cars actually had to come to a complete stop on the stage and just kind of wait for the dust to clear. It's not uncommon in U.S. rally for that to happen. A little bit of rain does make a big difference, but this rally being so dry a couple weeks leading up to it, and it seemed like they were maintaining the roads quite a bit more leading up to this, so... Maybe a little bit of fresh material on there as well helped out. A bit of silty dust here. I had the opportunity to start recce myself on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes, I did Wednesday. It's all been a blur here. So, yeah, I showed up on Wednesday and was able to do all of the Saturday stages recce. And then on Thursday, you guys flew on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. 
Thursday, we were all able to go on to recce. Quite eventful experience there. But Jack, tell me what you thought about these roads. Because, you know, first time seeing these roads, just doing a bit of recce for experience here. What did you learn? Uh, I was thoroughly impressed at the quality of roads they got out here. It's a very different gravel and very different material. You know, uh, my experience on the East Coast is very limited. But Washington gravel is very similar to, like, the Welsh gravel in the UK. It's sort of wet and clay and uh, clay-like. Where here it was uh, very, very compact and very dusty, and it didn't really clamp together quite as much as I was used to. Um, lo- a lot less potholes, uh, <laughs> a, a lot less of the uh, washboard that we're typically <clears throat> used to in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Um, but the roads themselves are just gorgeous. Uh, they were very smooth, very flowing. Um, lots of areas of uh, exposure, but it didn't look like there was exposure. Mm. Uh, if if you were if you had a keen eye and were looking out and around, you'd see you're on the top of this crest or the top of this ridge. Um, but if you just got your eye on the road, you can see, oh, I can cut here, I can mm. run through here. So um, the roads were, were very tempting. They wanted to egg you on, but it was a, a, a very eye-open experience uh, getting a chance to come and do recce over here. There's uh, some absolutely top-quality roads uh, in this area. Yeah, I honestly didn't really know what to expect coming to this rally. Like I'd heard a few people talk about, it. oh, yeah, it's real tight and twisty. But when we showed up here, it's like these are really smooth roads. They seem like they're designed to be rally roads. Right. I heard some people compare them to 100 Acre. Some people compare them to New England. And coincidentally, these roads are kind of right in the middle, like <laughs> physically and literally description-wise. You know, super smooth, like you're saying, zero potholes throughout kind of the whole roads. Seemed like maybe they're doing a little bit more maintaining of these roads in anticipation for the rally, but just great roads. Didn't expect that. I honestly want to do this rally at some point now that I've seen these roads, and uh, it looks like a lot of fun. I think we were all talking about it at one point in the car, weren't we? Driving around halfway through recce as we're you know, taking some notes on the stage, getting some uh, uh, some content for the live center, and all of us like, oh, I wish we had a car to go and take this hot. Yeah. So they had to be uh, rather, uh, rather careful on our rental. Um, <laughs> Yeah, with that being said, too, so much dust, you know, Brandon Seminuk took the win, but was dealing with a bit of brushing the roads off in the beginning, and you could see it. He's coming off the stages, visibly kind of, you know, figuring out, this road's a lot dustier than he expected. Not having any too many big moments, but just not as grippy as he expected. And like you mentioned, Josie, he was going off his notes from last year, and the humidity was a factor. These notes were based on wetter roads, but a bit dustier. Yeah, you know, and, and Brandon wasn't the only one struggling with that. Um, when we first saw cars come through the finish yesterday, um, that that was the consistent feedback at the end of the stage. You know, it's it's like driving on marble. Some people said it's like driving on ice. You know, everything happens a little later than you expect. You go a little wider than you'd expect. Um, you know, of course, Tom Williams got, got the full experience of that looseness. He had a couple spins on day two. Um and he wasn't the only one, you know, we, we heard so many reports of spins and near spins and half spins. And in, for, in a couple of cases, it, it did translate into full rolls. It's interesting seeing my experience of the West Coast rallying and how the road degrades. Like typically in uh, Washington or in Oregon, there's this sweet spot as the road degrades that it gets really fast and then it starts to blow out and it starts to get worse and it starts to get rough. And just seeing the stage times throughout, uh, you know, uh, both loops of yesterday and today, regardless of what the competitors may have been talking about in their car, it was a consistent loss all the way through. And uh, America's Best, uh, which they ran uh, three times today and was the power stage, each time you can see that Semenek is taking off 
20 seconds um, from his first. And it's 10 seconds uh, faster on the second one, another 10 seconds faster on the third. And the full length of the field is doing it. As the road is sweeping and getting better and better, everyone is finding this same consistent mm -hmm. 5 to 10 second improvement across the stages. Some of the people even were complaining on the second pass that it was still looser than they expected. And one of the people who, who didn't quite know how he felt about it was Pat Grishka. Um, he came through... I, I want to get this right. The first time he came through America's Best, he said he didn't really know how he felt about it. You know, it wasn't quite what he was expecting. Second time, he said, oh, now I'm having fun. You know, this is, this is what I want it to be. This, this second pass is, is so much more exciting, feels so much more natural, getting into a flow. Um, and by the time he came through to the final finish after the power stage, you know, he was all smiles. So uh, interesting to see how, you know, the multiple opportunities to run that stage Obviously, the changing conditions um, really impacted drivers' opinions of the, the road itself. Yeah, Pat was either coming off these stages super excited <laughs> or, you know, a little bit flustered. Yeah. A lot of emotion coming off the stages. But this morning, like when he was talking about coming off the stage, he might have been overthinking it a little bit with how loose the road might have been because he was second on the road. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, maybe I'm just thinking too much about being second on the road and just focusing too much on this road's not swept rather than just thinking about how everyone's dealing with the same conditions. Even on some of those second passes, we were seeing a lot of drivers come off and saying, this is just too loose, too loose. But, you know, after that first running, Pat found his groove and was just so much more confident, and the times reflected that. Very happy that we made it to the end. Um, the last stage was definitely a, a challenge. We were playing it safe, but we had a lot of dust. So uh, I was actually surprised. We, our time was only four seconds worse than our, than our best run. So I can't complain. I mean, we're here at the finish. Um, second overall and uh, first in class is probably one of my best finishes I had all year. So... Uh, Super psyched. We'll see where uh, where the next event takes us. And yeah, for some reason last year I thought they were more dirt based, and it, maybe they resurfaced it or something. Put fresh gravel on top. But uh, I don't know. It just seemed more more loose. And then all of a sudden once you cleared it, it is way more grippier than I remember. So. And you mentioned the next event. Are you going to see you in Eng New England? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I have to. I mean, if Tom decides to do some more events, then uh, he needs like what four or five wins to, to take the the championship. So I definitely have to do the most I can and. Uh, erase someone or drop some of my bad events on um, yeah we'll see seems uh, somewhat uh, similar with the other rc2 driver of tom williams where despite a bit of a bobble yesterday um he uh, at least looking at the times like i said being in the being in the live center i'm sort of reading the matrix i've seen the times go down without really seeing the interviews um he was really finding his pace as he was going through but you know that uh, he had a couple of issues with either some <clears throat> electronic problems throughout the day or some electrical gremlins but Again, seeing that his times just steadily drop and improve after each and every loop with that same sort of like five to ten second improvement was uh, maybe a, a weird position for him being a little further back in the pack as opposed to being on those unswept roads. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yeah, it's been an all right day. Better than yesterday where we lost seven minutes on a spin. It was a small mistake that turned into a nightmare of a start to the rally. But of course, the... We didn't have much choice of the testing, the setup. The boys did a great job trying to repair the car after a kind of big crash on the Olympus rally. So we kind of came in, paint was still wet, 
uh, straight into the first four stages on Friday and worked the setup. And of course, unfortunately, I made my own error and did a spin and lost a lot of time and got stuck and got saved by uh, Alan here. He towed me out, so proper sportsman there. And uh, ever since that, we've just been chasing back the time and the whole of today has been clean enough, a few electricals and a few small bits, but uh, we gained, I think we were 18th after our spin and made our way all the way back up to fourth. I'll say fourth, yeah, and third in RC2. So yeah, happy with that, but it could always be better on the weekend. Yeah, I do have to say it's interesting watching consistently me at the end of a stage and seeing every single car come off the stage and, you know, everyone's dealing with the same thing, but each person's coming off that with the mindset that, you know, I'm feeling this and this is kind of unique to me. Mm-hmm. We noticed this in Oregon at the end of Dolls Mountain Up, the first running uh, midday or second running of it midday was peak sun and every single car was coming off. Probably 70 to 80 percent of the field was dealing with overheating. Mm-hmm. But every single person that pulled into the control was saying, oh, we're dealing with overheating. We're dealing with overheating where, you know, every single car was dealing mm-hmm. with that. So we saw a lot of that same thing here off the first running of Saddle Up yesterday, which would have been SS2, was every single car was coming off. It's loose. It's very loose, way looser than we were expecting. Barry McKenna came off, had a spin. Tom Williams came off, had two spins. And we were seeing similar stuff all the way back through the field. People just saying, this is way looser than I was expecting. I don't know if that's kind of the year before. Everyone's you know basing that off the wet, different roads. Now they're maintaining them a bit more loose. But it's just interesting to see how... The reactions are similar coming off the stage, and it's more the conditions than necessarily the driver and their mindset. My first experience out in the Midwest, everyone told me to uh, be prepared for the humidity, and it's been just as dry as it has been in the summer in the middle of Washington. So I don't know how much that has affected the road, but if it's this dusty and this marbly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's lost quite a a lot of weight into it. It's hard to lean the car into it. That's a good point. You know, this is my first time here, so I'm kind of just basing this off of this is how it is. But it was very mild temperature-wise. Like, it wasn't too bad being on the stages. We were in the 70s. You know, we get onto the roads, maybe up into the 80s. But once you're in the shade, it's pretty cool and not very humid. It was a lot cooler in the uh, in the Rally HQ oh, then. Yeah, a lot of AC <laughs> in the HQ there, Jack. <laughs> well, you know, Brandon did take the overall win. But let's hear from him personally and see how his weekend went. Tricky stages but ended on a high note with you know the third pass of America's Best. Swept road, no dust, uh, able to push on a bit more. And yeah, we had, we had a blast through that stage. Um, felt good on the pace and uh, it, you know, it's been a relatively smooth rally for us. Uh, so the momentum has been great this year. I can't complain. It's, uh, you know, it's awesome, but hopefully uh, New England will bring some challenges and, and, and you know, some things to learn and new experiences. Yeah, so I've always done this rally and it's typically rain right before the event. Uh, last year more so than, than years past, but uh, it was so dry this year and I couldn't believe how loose it was. So definitely, obviously the notes were optimistic to the, the well, they're the designed around like a wetter road, let's say. Uh, but with how loose it was, it was like we almost had to be, I had to be a bit more cautious about the notes. And also I noticed the lack of arrow here more than probably some of even like Oregon didn't seem that bad, but here for some reason the arrow with all the crests and how loose it was, it just didn't seem like the car was as planted in area. So you had to be more careful uh, trying to drive the notes to how we had them, but you know there was some areas we had to be a bit more cautious. And we're hearing a lot that there's a ton of spectators out there. Did you notice many spectators on the stages today? Yeah, definitely. Uh, today more than yesterday. Good, like a lot of good spectator junctions where it's not just like a 90 degree corner. Like there's like you know, you're kind of like over like a light crest and then hard breaking into like a sweeping hairpin kind of thing and like cool cuts. And 
Uh, so definitely some rad spots for the spectators to hang out. Um, hopefully there's some sweet videos out there. <laughs> Great to hear from Brandon there. Five for five. I don't know if that's ever happened in the championship before. Five wins in a row. Pretty amazing, honestly. A lot of dedication there. Brandon just is so has such a unique ability to find grip. Obviously, that may come from a little bit of his background on bikes. Not a lot of power on bikes, but able to find grip in so many places where other drivers necessarily are not able to find grip, especially in some of the downhill stages. I've heard other drivers talk about how when they're going into a stage, all of a sudden, if there's a bit more downhill, Brandon is just eating time out of them. You know, maybe just having some more experience with tires and grip and downhill stuff kind of is reflected there. But some of the other drivers were having some different type of experiences going into this. Alan DeBoss, who came into this rally, talking about how he had a back injury. This is only his third rally back into the car. And he was kind of taking this event as a warm-up to get comfortable and get back into the car. Yeah, you know, DeBasu is, of course, as about as competitive as they come. Um, so, of course, he wanted to be on top. Uh, you know, sort of the way the rally goes, of course, sort of had to, to clench the opportunity of, of Tom Williams having those couple of, of spins out there. Um, seemed like he was enjoying himself, but he's not one that wants to say too much, you know, during the rally. He doesn't quite want to allude to his competition where he, he might be struggling, where he might be successful. Um, he definitely plays his cards close to the chest. So, um, but it was great to see him at the end. You know, he, he's, he's happy with his result, obviously, um, climbing the ranks all, all weekend and, and putting on a seemingly incredibly consistent performance. Yeah, he definitely kept it smooth. Felt like uh, maybe his times were getting better and better throughout the day, but he wasn't really re revealing that to us, like you were saying. You know, he wasn't telling us his plan. We were, we were asking him at every stage, you know, what's your plan? He was like, ah, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of continue doing my thing. But, you know, I think there's a little bit more going on in the car there than he, he was revealing to us, certainly getting after it quite a bit. I was fortunate enough over the last couple of years to do uh, some of the voiceovers for previous highlights videos that we've done. The moment I came into uh, Southern Ohio and saw his name on the list, I was like, I absolutely recall that name. I've mentioned him multiple times in some of these highlight videos. So the moment I saw he was signed up for it, it was like, he's someone that we need to be paying attention to. So uh, from your interviews, if you're saying that he was kind of figuring out the car again, and that was figuring out the car, getting an overall podium, um, I think he's going to be one to be looking out for, uh, especially as he gets more and more comfortable in something like that. Third overall, second in class. Can't say... It's necessarily exactly what I wanted, but happy with um, happy with it overall. It's definitely it's definitely been a long journey back from some seven eight months. So yeah, no, this is definitely definitely feels nice. Yeah, you mentioned at the beginning that you're kind of taking this event as getting more comfortable getting back into the car after the back injury. Do you feel like you made some good progress there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, who knows where I'll be in an event or two, but. Just got to wait and see. With that being said, will we see you at New England, or do you have any other plans for the rest of the year? Hopefully New England, definitely Lake Superior. Cool. Well, congratulations again, and thanks for talking to us all weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it. I also want to give a big shout-out to uh, his co-driver, Jared Hudson, um, who flew in from New Zealand for this. And I uh, want to shout-out his family as well. You know, I was running the Dirtfish Live Center, and he made uh, – is it Rocky? I think if, uh, if you're paying attention, you made several shout-outs through there saying that you were uh, checking out from home. Thank you very much for the support. And I uh, had a chance to chat to him at the first stage, and he was a lovely bloke as well. Very excited to uh, be working with Alan this weekend. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, and to, be, to, to give credit where credit is due, he was not the only one to travel from far and wide. Um, Martin Spanhel's co-driver, I hope I'm not butchering this, but Zuzana Lieskovkova, 
she came all the way from Slovakia to compete in this rally. So pretty amazing to see someone travel that far. Um, obviously a huge testament to the quality of these roads in this rally. You know, I talked to Martin briefly and he said he'd spent some time over in Slovakia is where she was from. Yeah. So it sounds like he played some hockey over there <laughs> and now has recently moved back to the U.S. and did was involved with rally over there a little bit. So he knew her, her through that. So it's really cool to see that he's bringing her over to compete and actually winning his class mm -hmm. and then getting third overall in the regional. Yeah. Talking a little bit more about the regional there, Adam Komet and John Kramer. Quite a bit of a battle going in. They had to about a minute or two uh, starting day three between them, but that's not very much time, you know, it's, especially on these stages. One little mistake, something could happen. Well, you said it yourself. Uh, some of the top runners are even having spins on the first couple of stages. Uh, it's uh, a, a minute can come and go pretty quickly. And all through uh, day two, uh, I keep thinking day one, but all through day two, Comet uh, uh, was just pushing out like a five five seconds a little bit, a couple of seconds here. And then um, despite maybe some control arm issues, uh, as I overheard today, um, they they really found their stride going into into. Uh, day three it looked like they were just driving comfortably all day yeah we had the opportunity to talk to adam and krista let's hear about their day from them adam we're here at the finish tell me about your result i think we might have won it yeah i mean we haven't seen any official results but we had a good bit of time going into the last loop and uh i don't think anyone caught us so yeah was it feeling a bit grippier on that second loop um, in places, yes, you know, it was easier to commit on the second loop where the road was swept, but in some tight stuff, the silt and sand kind of built up and it ended up being looser in some areas. So it was kind of a hodgepodge. It was, it was tough to judge. How would you compare this season or this year's event to your previous runnings here? Um, definitely looser and drier, uh, you know, about the same though, really. I mean, um, you know, every year we come, every year I'm working with Krista, the notes are evolving, the commitment's getting better, so, you know, we just keep getting better and better. And I heard you may have won here before. Can you tell us about some of your previous results at this event? <laughs> yeah, um, I think we won the overall, the regional last year and in 2019, um, and I think we've done well in years past, too, so we, we tend to go well here. This is my favorite event. So. Awesome. Well, congratulations and thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm here with Krista Skoukas. Krista? Sounds like you guys are first overall and regional for the day. Tell us about your experience here. You know, we came into today with a comfortable lead, but then we were having a little too much fun and getting a little too relaxed and decided to just send it into the woods on the left three Titans. And uh, we almost backed into a tree. We were both just like waiting, 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 waiting as we were just going further into the woods, but we missed the tree by like two feet maybe. So. Uh, that was the highlight of the event. Otherwise, you know, we came into this trying to just do a repeat of last year. We were hoping that we'd have a little more uh, camaraderie competition with our teammates, with Kramer and Jay. Uh, but we had a blast and, you know, as I said before, we're crewing with them. So it's just really fun to be here and, you know, come out with a successful event that's like, not uh, too much work. <laughs> John, we're standing here at the finish. Sounds like you got second overall regional. Tell us a little bit about your day. I like that. Um, I Like I said, Chase and Kim in all day. He uh, already had a, a, some time on us from yesterday. And uh, he, I'm, I'm proud of him. He did a really, really great drive today. Even he got in some trouble in the same spot where I got into trouble a few years ago and uh, broke the control arm. And um, still managed to keep the lead and you know keep the pace so it was really cool but like I said I ended up in second but I'm not even mad it was a fun really fun day of riding so not uh, nothing to be mad about 
And you've done this rally before? Yeah, I think every year. I don't think I've missed one yet here. So. How, do, how did this year's roads compare to the roads prior? I mean, same roads, but conditions-wise? Yeah, um, I think it is a little less marbly in some spots. There, the, the marbles were still there. There's still some spots that were loose, but I think last year was a lot rougher. I think they did a good job fixing the roads from last year to this year. Um, and, uh, you know, the dust was a factor, but with the extra minute today, it seemed to, you know, made it fun. It wasn't, we weren't, like, panicked or worried, you know, that we were going to go off, so that was a good thing. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, and congratulations. All right, thanks. First in regional overall last year, and first in regional this year overall, and had that quite a bit interesting moment, you know, backing in and breaking the control arm, but just were able to hold off John Kramer quite a bit. Overall two-wheel drive in regional, though. Tell us a little bit about that, Jack. It was Daniel Downey and the BMW? Yeah, they had quite a fight going uh, between the, the, the two BMWs. Um, or was it three BMWs overall uh, throughout the weekend? It was uh, Daniel Downey and Mike Cessna um, really pushing uh, pushing the limits all the way through there. Ryan George was the leader in that BMW battle starting day three. And uh, Daniel Downey told me on the end of Will's Track South first running that he had saw Ryan George on the side, not on the side of the road, but on the yeah. side of his car. Yeah. You know, it was a BMW, but not a very wide car to just sit yeah. on its side. I know, we were feeling a little bit worried about that when we heard that report that Ryan was out there. All we heard verbatim was that he was on his side. Um, yeah, like you said, Brenton, not like there's much real estate on that car to stay steady on, uh, but it sounds like everyone was okay. Uh, super unfortunate end to the weekend for them though. Yeah, let's hear from Daniel himself and how his weekend went. Uh, today was really good. Um, a lot more grip today, and we were just trying to make sure we did everything nice, neat, didn't make any mistakes, and got to the end. What about you? I was just really proud of him for getting his confidence back and getting back out there and pushing really hard and putting down some good time, so it was fun. You guys were coming into the day, I believe, sitting second place overall for your class. Uh, tell us about your mindset going into the day. Uh, yeah, it was close. I mean, it was like a second or under a second between first and second. So we were just kind of, they're friends of ours. We were just going out there and lay down what we could, and they were going to do what they could, and we'll see you know, what happened. Unfortunately, they had a, a mishap somewhere in the middle. So, But they finished, which was great for them. Um, but, yeah, in the end, it turned out to be an easy last loop with a minute and a half in hand. So we just kind of cruised in made sure we made it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So limited two-wheel drive, Matt McGee in his redonkulous? His redonkulous rabbit. <laughs> redonkulous rabbit. That's the official name on the actual ARA registration, so I think we're cleared to say it. Having a good time out there. You know, he felt like the competitors behind him were pushing, Daniel Yarborough and Bucky. Of course, there's there was a, a great battle between the top three for this whole, this whole weekend, um, but Matt McGee did just continuously sort of very slowly and carefully extend his lead. Um, he ended up about a minute ahead, a minute and nine seconds ahead of Daniel and, and Nick. But the really exciting battle was actually for second and third with Daniel and Nick. Yeah, Daniel and Nick, you know, they pulled into the finish and uh, he was Bucky was right behind Daniel and just 
pulled right into his car, just pushed <laughs> right into him. You know, only four four point five seconds, I believe, between them yeah. for second and third place. When we were talking to Bucky throughout the day, uh, he said his plan was to keep his foot flat to the floor and don't, don't use brakes basically at all. Never use, lift, he yeah, said. Yeah, never lift and just use as little brakes as possible. And uh, he did that. 109 horsepower in that thing. <laughs> kept it flat, but still wasn't quite enough to beat Daniel Yarbrough. But that was a great, a great competitive battle to watch, you know. Obviously very close friends, you know, com- totally friendly when they came back into the, f- the finish. Like you said, Brenton, nosing their cars together. At first I said, oh, they were really close. But no, they were they were touching. So that was really fun to see, uh, see them give each other a big hug back, back at the finish. Um, but we cannot ignore, you know, Matt McGee's great performance. And we got some words directly from him. Went way better than yesterday. Yesterday we lost power and the car was cutting and people were starting to catch. We stayed in first place, but they was catching us. And today we got the car running right again and pushed pretty hard. And uh, they still put some time back on us, so there was no relaxing. I told her on the last stages, like, we should go easy here. But as soon as I started, we didn't go easy. So uh, we had one more fun stage in, but pretty sure that uh, we won. And the next two cars behind us, I couldn't pick better people to stand up there with us. So it's as good as it could get. It's perfect. Great to hear from Matt McGee. But, again, the second and third place battle. Let's hear from Bucky and Daniel Yarborough themselves about that battle. We were pushing pretty hard all weekend, trying to trying to catch these guys, the the first place guys. That McGee, he just he was motoring away from us and kept that kept that padding the whole weekend. Um, we thought we had these guys. We pushed really hard. They were having troubles out on stage. Of course, we were right behind them all day, and they uh, they must have pulled it together pretty good because they they got us at the end there. We we were we were trying hard. We were trading times the whole time, and I uh, I just think they have a cheater car personally, but that's just me. Um, we're, we got 109 horse. They got, I don't know. What do you got in there, Danny? Danny, you got 200 horse in there? What do you got? You got a, yeah, too many ponies, so we can't ride, can't can't get up there with them, so we, we pushed hard. Bucky and I were trading seconds all day, trying to catch Matt, and we just, Matt just ran away from us all day, so pretty good battle then uh were you guys watching times throughout the day kind of pushing and figuring that out oh yeah every every stage we go back see what they got and then push it even harder the next time so were you guys running into any car issues throughout the day or anything like that had to do with yep we uh lost power steering on the third stage and did the last two manually so limited two-wheel drive for national chris sladek having a fairly smooth race Throughout the day, until midday, he pulled in one of the stages and said, you know, this would be a lot more fun if I had more than just third gear. Josie, do you have a second to talk to him about that? Yeah, we did get to chat a little bit. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. By the time he got to us, he was stuck in third. Yes. But then we had a service, and he went back to service, and I think they made the decision, if they only had one gear, to stay in second for the rest of the rally. Yeah, so he said basically they were able to get the car into second gear during service. And just in case, so he didn't accidentally take it out of second gear, because the problem was he was on stage, and uh, I'm not sure if it was in a hairpin or a tight corner, but at some point he said just couldn't find a gear. Yeah. and was stuck in neutral and stuck there for like a minute or two. And he was able to grab third and finish a couple stages in third gear, got it to service, but he said third gear is too tall. Yeah. Can I get my crew to get into second? And they were able to get it out of third, <laughs> into second while in service and then he said well what if it gets out of second gear i'm not going to be able to keep going so 
they went ahead and just disconnected the shifter. So <laughs> it is in second gear and it's just nothing there. We took a look inside the car, literally just, just smooth, no shifter at all available. But he said third gear was just a little bit too tall, especially for some of the uphills where we felt mm -hmm. like the car might actually stall out. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good thing if you're trying to go uphill. Yeah. Don't want to go backwards to get the speed back up. So he put it down into second gear and was able to finish the race in second and pull off the win. Yeah, it, it, it's shocking. <laughs> you know, it's, it's absolutely impressive. A total testament to the commitment and, you know, the grit and the willpower to just get to the end. Um, I would have liked to hear some of the some of the conversations going between Chris and his co-driver John. I'm sure there might have been some obscenities yelled, but but it's all in the spirit of adventure. And uh, let's actually just go ahead and switch to Chris. See what he had to say. We ran into an issue on the first loop this morning where uh, we got stuck essentially in third gear. Um, we managed to limp it back to service, and it was kind of a uh, choose your own adventure with choose your own gear of what you want to sit in the rest of the day. So we put it in second gear, uh, took out the shifter so I didn't accidentally bump it out of gear and safety wired the selectors in gear. Uh, and then we just ran in second gear for the rest of the day. Uh, it was a, a interesting exercise in trying to keep up corner speeds, but um, you know, we finished clean and it's all we could really ask for. Awesome. That's, congratulations on that. That's quite the experience, not even having a shifter in the car. Yeah, yeah. It was all just clutch and managing speed. You know, like we'd get some speed going over the hills and clutch in and try and coast faster than the rev limiter will let us go. Uh, and then once we went back up the hills, we'd, you know, put it in gear and go back up them and try it again. <laughs> some interesting tactics there. I've not heard that experience yeah, before. So yeah, congratulations. Was, like I said, it was interesting experience. Keeping it on the topic of two-wheel drive here. A little bit of a battle of the escorts with Barry McKenna and Seamus Burt. Also, Leah Block. Everyone was expecting Barry and Seamus to be ahead. Leah, coming from a couple of events, having some wins, coming to attack. Barry obviously had a little bit of a mix-up on the first day, and uh, that put him out of the rally. Seamus was having some issues here or there, but we had a chance to talk to Martin Brady about their experience overall and uh, just what he thought of Leah Block's times, because he said, you know, they felt like they were putting down some pretty good times and Leah was still taking time out of them. So let's hear from Martin himself. I would say it was a lucky second um, because we didn't really, we definitely didn't have an answer for Leah this weekend. We didn't have an answer for, for Mike Hooper either. So we were, we were running third and we were in a sort of a no man's land third of all our own. And then Mike had some trouble and that's how we picked up second. So it was one of those weekends we knew we had to survive. We have a new engine in the car. Um, it's a little bit different, so it, it made things a bit different for us, and it took us really till today to get more on the pace I felt we should have been on, um, you know, comparing it to our times here last year and previous years. But even still, you can see, looking at the times, you know, how much things have moved on in 12 months, um, for not just us, but for, for Leah as well, you know, the pace she's on is, it's really impressive, because I know how hard we went last year to get the times, and we're just about coming to those times ourselves this year. Uh, you know, not at our optimum, but the pace those guys are on, it's, it's good. You know, it's really, it's impressive. Hats off to them. Great to hear from Martin there. As he calls himself, he is, uh, he's Seamus's media representative. So <laughs> thank you, Martin, for the words. Um, of course, you know, the talk of the town, rally after rally, is Leah Block. Um, putting down absolute scorchers of times. Like we just heard Martin say, uh, you know, he, he and Seamus felt like they were getting up to their, to their fiery speed of, of the previous year's rally. Um, 
and Leah was hitting those times no problem, you know? So really great to see her, you know, advancing and finding her rally footing under the guidance of, of course, Rianne and Gelsomino and the whole Blockhouse Racing team. Um, some some strategy certainly involved there, you know? Uh, she swapped friends to rears, I want to say once on Friday and twice today on Saturday. Yeah, she said uh, a couple times, you know, we went to go get an interview after the end of the stage. She's like, I got to go. I'm swapping my tires. Yeah. So didn't get a chance to talk to us, but obviously had a little bit of time to gain by rotating those tires and getting the fronts fresher and uh, keeping the power down. And it's great to hear, you know, competitors like Martin with so much experience giving Leah some praise and, you know, yeah. coming from the West Coast, having some wins, everyone coming or then her coming to the East Coast and everyone kind of expecting, you know, well, no, Seamus and Barry are going to yeah. take, it, take it down and make it happen. And Leah was still able to take the win home. And even Leah said herself, you know, um, I came here expecting to maybe place fourth or fifth. And she said, I would be really happy with that. You know, that would be a super positive result for me. Uh, she said that she almost shocked herself a little <laughs> by, by this, the times that she was putting down. So we actually got the chance to sit down with Leah literally sit down with Leah on the ground because as she came in to finish, she was wiped out. Like, of course she was. Um, they spent something like two hours and 15 minutes on stage today. Um, so they were pretty exhausted. So Leah and I sat down on the ground and these are the words that she had to say. It was a very long, very tiring day, honestly. Um, ready to go to bed in about 20 minutes after this podium, for sure, for sure. A whole two hours and 14 minutes of stage time this weekend. Just a lot. A I mean, lot. that's pretty fun, though. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I just wish it wasn't as hot because I wouldn't be as tired right now. But, yeah, great weekend. Came in thinking, like, oh, there's a lot of competition. If I take, like, third, fourth, you know, it'll be fine. Like, still have the championship. But we um, just kept it on the road and... Unfortunately, my, our main competition, um, all three of them kind of fell off the road. So it was just keeping it on the road was what it was about this weekend, and we did that and got the overall, I mean, not the overall, and I wish, <laughs> but open two-wheel drive win. So, But I mean, the fact that so much of your competition fell off the road, as you put it, um, I mean, that, that's a testament to the challenge of, of the roads this weekend. How did you feel like you battled that? Yeah, absolutely. These roads are really tight and technical out here. Lots of loose surfaces, different surface changes. So it's really just about staying on it, which is that what I've been saying all weekend, but it's really what it's about. Um, so, yeah, just taking it easy, not pushing too much, and literally just staying on the road. <laughs> Great to hear from Leah this weekend. Um, always uh, exciting seeing that Biazzi ripping it up on stage. But, uh, one of her main competitors uh, during this weekend was uh, Michael Hooper in his Lexus the, uh, in the IS350. Um, in multiple of his interviews that you guys got from him, uh, he was saying about he was trying to keep Leah honest and uh, keep keep pushing her and was really giving her times. And uh, honestly, he was he was getting pretty close, uh, making sure that uh, she she couldn't relax off. Uh, same with Seamus. I, I believe that Michael was sitting second in class, uh, maybe only like 20, 30 seconds behind Lee at some point. Um, and then going into stage 18, um, just uh, unfortunately handing off and put it backwards and sort of put an end to his rally. So real shame um, for such a an abrupt off at the end of such a long event. But uh, and sort of brought an end to the competition in Lee's class there. Michael was definitely, like you said, keeping her honest, keeping the pressure on. Michael's always an entertaining driver to watch. I got to watch him on testing a little bit on Wednesday, 
and just so sideways, so loud in that car. Even on the transits, so that thing is ripping by, and it's just ear-piercing noise <laughs> as he's driving away in the straightaways. Uh, it's been great to see him the past couple events, and just a really great driver. But unfortunately, he had a little bit of an off. I have not seen any footage or know exactly what happened, but glad he's okay. I believe that bumped uh, Seamus into second. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yep. Um, so the whole the whole field kind of shifted up from there. So Seamus moved up into second, and then Daniel Hayes in uh, in the two thousand six Mustang. He moved up into third in the the two wheel drive class. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to catch up with Daniel Hayes at the end of the day, but we had to talk to him a few times during this rally. Uh, it was only his second or third rally, I believe. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say maybe third, but. What, st- what sticks out about Daniel is just his sheer joy. You know, at the end yeah. of every single stage, that guy is all smiles, all gratitude. I think it was him that came to the end of a stage on Friday and just yelled, why isn't everybody doing this? You yeah. know, everybody should be in a rally car. Um, really someone that makes you, you know, despite all of the, the chaos and, and maybe some weird ruling and, and the, the, not at this event, just generally speaking, <laughs> um, you know, the, the challenge of roads being loose like this, he's really someone that brings you back to the heart of rally and the reason that we all enjoy this sport so much. Definitely. I, I see, saw exactly what you're saying at the end of the stages. You know, you see a lot of joy coming off the stages, but his joy was, it was a, a shining light coming yeah. off the stage. He was yeah. just so joyous. Yeah. Uh, he had a little bit of a moment, I heard, and had a D-bead and had some little issues here and there. So yeah. it's great to see him, you know, stick with it and get a podium. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that about covers it for most of the competitors. You know, we had a great overall weekend here, a couple long days, a little longer than expected with the two-minute dust gaps. Jack, how are you feeling about the weekend on a whole? Overall, I think it was a, a fantastic event with some great racing and exciting racing. Um, it's been a pleasure being out here in Ohio and, you know, after spending years looking at the Southern Ohio, uh, Ohio Forest Rally, it's so cool to come and see it in person. And Kentucky. And Kentucky. We did we very did briefly to get Kentucky. to go to uh, Kentucky. <laughs> now I can uh, cross that off of, uh, off of my travel list as well. Before we graze over this too much, though, Jack, you know, you spent your time in Rally HQ running Dirtfish Live Center. Can you give us a little bit of rundown on Dirtfish Live Center? What exactly is it? You know, some competitors are catching on. Some people are still asking us questions, assuming we're doing live streams everywhere. Tell us about Dirtfish Live Center. So we like to think of a Dirtfish Live Center as sort of this linear view of the event. So we're trying to put the content out to you as quickly as possible, as soon as we can get it. And that content is either stage times or interviews or, you know, at the same time that Semenek is finishing up a stage, if someone is hanging out at the start of their stage and they're just having fun and vibing out in their car and they want to send a picture of that, we really want to try and sort of capture what the whole of the event looks like. So if, you, uh, if you're watching and want to send uh, pictures through, we're happy to show off the, the volunteers are hanging out at the side of the stage or someone's off and you've had a D-bead and you want to share that too. Um, you can send that your way and we kind of want to put it all in one area. So because it's linear... At the end of the day, you can go back through and scroll through and see what your competitors were dealing with at the time, see any pictures that people were posting of you through there, sort of find out what the day looked like from beginning to end and not just looking at the result. Yeah, you know, I kind of describe it to people as, you know, it's, you no longer have to keep refreshing your Instagram or your Facebook. You can now just go to dirtfish.com, click Live Center, find the specific day of the race, and everything's consolidated in one point. You know, we're even sharing some other competitors' social media on there so you can see 
some of the happenings that are going on and uh, other specific things like that, but also a lot of behind the scenes, like you're saying, mm-hmm. some volunteer stuff like that. Josie, can you give us a little bit of a rundown on Live Center? I mean, Jack said it all. You know, Jack's the one that's in HQ sitting there, like he said, staring into the matrix. Um, and, and we can't express enough gratitude for that part of the job. I know that I could never do it. But for any of any competitors that were out here that maybe didn't quite know what Brenton and I were doing at the end of the stage, this is what we were doing. You know, we wanted to capture that that really genuine and authentic moment. You've just crossed, you know, the finish line. You've just passed the control boards. We want to capture exactly how that stage felt. And the moment that we get that video, we're sending it to Jack at HQ, who's posting it online, so that everyone who's following along gets to see that you just crossed the finish line. You know, maybe just something did happen. Maybe you did get a DB. Maybe there's a little bit of a sketchy moment. Um, but like Jack mentioned, you know, multimedia, whether it's articles, text, videos, photos, audio recordings, you know, what, we, what we're doing here is, is sh- trying to share rally on a broader level. And uh, we definitely consider ourselves lucky that we get to be the ones that are doing it. Speaking of Dirtfish.com, next week we will have Latvia, one of the events in the ERC. After that, we'll have Safari Rally the weekend after with our very own George Donaldson helping us out again there. He was with us in Oregon. But we will be covering Dirtfish Live Center for the Safari Rally. So stay tuned to Dirtfish.com for all your rally needs. (laughs) 